Welcome to Two Watch Who, a Doctor Who podcast. I'm Mark. I'm Sarah. And I'm a Doctor Who fan. And I'm you to watching who? Watching for the very first time. Very first time. And uh, it's an emergency. Sarah, we've got minutes to solve these three logic codes before <laughs> the thing crashes. You need. I need to help. <laughs> I need you to help me. <laughs> That's not logical. Uh, well, what are we gonna do? I don't know. What do you oh, want to do? Okay. Well, we'll just we'll just stop and record a podcast for a bit. Doesn't matter about <laughs> doesn't matter about the freighter. We're fine. We're all right. I mean, even if we do them, what what's he say at the end? Now I'll never know if I was right. Well, yeah, because he didn't get to finish it. I know. I know. No, I'll yeah. never know if I was right. No, we never will. Oh well. Well, we'll get in the escape pod once we finish recording, so we'll be all right. This Earth shock this week. Oh, are we yeah. going to do any updates or anything? Well, I don't know. Do you have any updates? Um, How are you getting on with TV watching? Well, no, I haven't really, because I've been away. I haven't really watched too much. Yeah. Uh, just a couple of only murders, a bit of sons yeah. and daughters. Not much else. I've got, well, there's a little bit of Doctor Who news. I don't know if you saw. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> I, don't... <laughs> I don't think so. Oh, that's funny. Um, well, big news. Well, not really. There's some more animations coming out. Oh, okay. Of what? That's not a surprise, is it? No, not really. But it's confirmed. Right. The underwater menace. Ah, yeah. Fish people. Yeah, yeah. yeah, fish people. So they're animating. That'll be fun to be animated. Well, they're animating all of it, but obviously there's there is two that exist already. I think yeah, we should give it a go. We should we should watch it when it comes out because we did like that one. That's nothing in the world can stop me now, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Great lines. I think that'll be fun animated because part of the issues were the fact they were trying to be underwater. If that's sort of taken away, I think, yeah. Yeah. Obviously, there's already some complaints from fans. Of course there are. Well, fans are never happy, Well, there, they? well there was one that I Doctor can't... Who fans are like the unhappiest people I know. Yeah, yeah, so listen, it's true. It's true. Like, there's always an issue of some sort. Yeah, it is. <laughs> So, I mean, this isn't out until much later in the year, but there's already complaints because, and I can kind of see it. So they animate the whole thing. So that's four, the four episodes that do the full thing and you can watch it in colour, you can watch it in black and white. And obviously on the release, you've got the two existing episodes as well. Yeah. The biggest complaint I've seen is that they don't accurately do like exactly what's on screen. They sort of take some artistic liberties when That's doing what you it. can do with animation. That's the beauty of it. Exactly. But I think there's the people that like to watch the existing one and then the animation and the existing and the animation, which you would do. So what I they... kind of think, though, it's quite nice because let's say, for argument's sake, that one day they actually find those two episodes, you know? They will exist in their own right. What these are are artistic interpretations of what could have been and in order to do that effectively, even though two exist, you have to keep within that style. You have like, we don't know roughly what was on, really. You've got sound and you have like a script. But that's the beauty, surely, that you can like start to like actively interpret and make great stories. I think they are all continuity type things. Again, so they were saying Jamie is wearing the wrong outfit because he arrived in the Highlanders the episode before, which is not animated and and missing and he and then he would have been wearing his same outfit and ben and polly have got the same outfit that they were wearing in that thing but he's in his jumper and his kill and he's just come from like 17 whatever so he's just wearing what he would wear later on so you've got that first scene where it just looks a bit funny that he's not wearing the right thing it's all down to these tiny little niggles that people yeah, just pick yeah. up on where actually i know you've got a great animation that puts us so much effort to make this amazing program which you can watch for animated things and they will look amazing but yeah sometimes there are those little things where you're just like ah oh, but it comes down to budget and money but also like because i was gonna say they're probably using like a jamie that they've had before and therefore it saves money and time but i was just thinking that how is it any different to the blu-ray versions that you have coming out where they update certain things no, well, that's different because they're just adding on to what's already there they're not recreating anything they're not changing it so much but Maybe they are. I mean, you know, sometimes part of the, like, 
joy, I guess, is the sort of crappy dinosaur and stuff like that. And then, or what did they do? The the snake recently. That's what it was. And yet you said on the Blu-ray they had made it look better. So you could argue that, like, that would go. I mean, again, we're talk- I think it's slightly different when it comes to continuity, and I can understand that frustration, you know, especially with some existing. But, like, people seem okay with the Blu-rays updating things. It's very <laughs> odd, isn't it? And there's a whole, I think I've seen, I've only briefly seen online, there's a whole lot of fans in the background that are paying companies to do their own animations and make sure that it is 100% accurate because they don't oh like God. the official releases that are changing it too much, which I think is a little bit... Set. So there, there's loads being worked on in fan circles. Oh, my gosh. So, <laughs> apparently. There's so many versions of The Underwater Menace I'm going to watch. I know, I'm but... that out there now. But people won't be happy until there's a 100% accurate version. So, anyway. But how would they know? Because two of them are missing. Well, I mean, if we get, oh, we won't go into so many details, but there's this, there is, you know, Ian Levine, who is the big fan, who he what he's got, and he's on a documentary talking about this. He watched when he was like a child, yeah. And after each episode, he wrote notes, and he's got all his notebooks of all of like the '60s episodes where he wrote as soon as he watched. So he's got all these descriptions and things. Oh my gosh! Straight, yeah, of what everything looked like and what happened and. Yeah, so he's got, he wants to use those as as a guide because he saw it at the time. Anyway, I'm just happy there's another animation, which means because the rumour earlier on in the year was Untowards Menace and then The Smugglers, so if one has come true, then maybe we'll have The Smugglers. No, I'm, <laughs> I'm just going to put that there right now. And, well, that's different because all four are missing, so... You could watch that whole thing. You won't know if anything's different or not, really. Yeah, well, that's kind of my point. Like, that's that's where I feel like in the scheme of things. But I think it is different when it is like there are some that do exist. Yeah, and there are out there. There's definitely some out there in collector's hands. So we won't go start that rant again. But I'm so annoyed that they are out there. Anyway, that's that's the update. Okay. Shall we get into Earthshock? Were you going to say anything you've been watching recently? Oh, yeah. Painkiller, painkillers. I have to look it up. It's got Matthew Broderick in it. It's basically about. Gosh, how do I explain it? Um, so, do you remember in like the two thousands there was a massive drug cri- opiate crisis in America? People were addicted to subscription painkillers, and there was this one that was created called like OxyContin that's i might be saying that wrong yeah oxycontin that's it's stronger than morphine and it's like the same as heroin so people basically were given it as a pain relief and it had a slow release like thing around it and it was from the same family that created what does it what do women say like i need that type like the in like 60 dramas like oh she's flush give her a oh when I say it, you'll be like, I've heard of it. Anyway, they made that and then they had like no money. He gave all of his money away. So they came up with this new drug and it's talking about that and how it became approved, but how it also like became this epidemic that like, and it's it's a drama, but at the start of every episode, there's like an introduction from like some person and they'll go like, everything is like true events but names and things have been changed. Uh, but what isn't fake is like so-and-so, my daughter, my son, who died from this drug. And they like introduce that. Uh, every episode's introduced by a family member who's like child or, or, or someone they know has died from the drug. Um, like one was like a baby. One was a tablet was given to a baby and the baby died. Like it's 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 crazy. Um, and it's really hard to watch, I found, because, I mean, it's really intense, but it's true. Like, it's not like watching a drama and you're like, oh, gosh, what if it's that? Like, it's all true. It all happened, and, like, it's done really well. It's worth watching. Also, because have you watched It's a Sin? Yeah, oh, yes. Yeah, I watched yeah. it all the time. So, shout out. My friend just this week watched it, right, for the first time. 
And so you watched the first two episodes. I, I've been taught to say and watch it since it came out. I'm like, have you not watched it yet? He was like, oh, it's so good. And I know someone in it. He's like, oh, who do you know? And I was like, oh, he's playing Colin. And um, he said, oh, yeah, he's such a nice character. He's so great. And I was like, hmm, hmm. Because <laughs> obviously, like, he knows that people, like, I've, spoilers, but, like, Colin dies in the next episode. So, like, I'm like, mm, mm. He's like, oh, he's so good. He's like, nice Welsh, down to earth. I'm like, yeah, yeah. Knowing for, he's like, right, I'm going to go watch episode three now. <laughs> and I was like, yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. All right, well, let me know what you think after. <laughs> I'm trying to keep it really casual. <laughs> we finished that today. So, was, yeah, we've been talking about that. So, it's quite, it's kind of like this. You know, when like you know what's coming up and yeah. somewhere else. <laughs> mm. So, yeah. Well, uh, I very like this because Earthshock. Yeah. I didn't say what was happening in this one. No, and I did not see that ending coming. I wasn't sure if you would or not because. There's hints in the begin in the first episode a little but bit of in a way. I, genu- I thought because when that I thought, all right, well they're not going to get him back, but like I thought they might try and get him back, or because we've had this before where they start that conversation and it doesn't happen straight away. I feel like this is the first companion death. Uh. Well, I don't count her as a... I know you do. Oh, I was going to say, have you completely forgotten Katarina? <laughs> no, no. I just never think of Katarina as a companion. I think her as like a traveller that ended up on the wrong place at the wrong time. Sarah like, Kingdom? Sarah Kingdom wasn't a companion, oh, you okay, said, because she didn't go between stories. Okay. I suppose this is the first proper companion death, I suppose. 100%. You can't deny that he's not a companion. There is no arguments to be had here. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it's very clear in this it's one. It's very clear he is a companion, we all agree. And he is dead. Uh, we've gone right to the end of this one. But I, yeah, I mean, at, that, at the start, I thought that it was just going to be addressing more of an imbalance. And actually, it did set it up well because, and he says, like, like you, you think he wants to go? And he's like, no, and I'm sorry, and they apologise. And I thought it was just going to try, it was more balancing Adric's unsettledness. I'm tired of being an outsider, Doctor. I want to go back to my own people. Which has been with the other companions. And I I thought this might have been the start of, like, either this would come up again or it was just used as a way to, like, I'm being silly and, like, no, I do want to stay. And then we find a way that they end up getting along all more. Well, it's... We've had so much bickering, haven't we? And then it's Adric's turn to have a tantrum in his bedroom. See another yeah. bedroom. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Teenager's bedroom with star charts on the wall and stuff. And I think it's straight after Black Orchid because the doctor's like, you should read this book, Black Orchid. Yeah, yeah. So Tegan's timeline, it's still like week number three. And then, but then he, Adric, he's been really horrible to uh, Nissa and Tegan throughout in this bickering stuff. Yeah, and he's yeah. the one going, if we're, like, teasing me, I'm fed up of being teased. I'm fed up of not being... I'm like, he's the one that was having a Sometimes go at everyone else. They do. I think they all I think they all sort of do that. Way. But theirs is more in, like, a, he's a younger brother way than, like, he's very, like, fight back. They sort of tease him in, like, more of a younger brother way. It doesn't... I mean, like, you know, if we go back to the Black Orchid story... They were he was they were saying stuff like um the dancing and stuff, and he was like, I'm not dancing and all that sort of stuff. And then he wants to go home to, to E Space. Um but then Nissa and Tegan are the ones that are trying to calm everything down and be like, right, everyone, let's just take a breather. Let's just have a minute and we'll we'll go and talk to each other. And meanwhile, we've got sort of space time team have gone missing underground. That first episode I thought was really good um, scene setting and really good like atmosphere. It felt tense. It felt almost like a bit like a scary movie, like a horror. Something's going to jump out at you. It was really good because those caves are all in the studio, but they've finally sorted out the lighting (laughs) and it actually does look pretty good. Yeah, yeah. See, that surprised me that that was in the studio. I thought they did actually gone in caves. Oh my god, no. No, no. 
It's it's really good. Obviously, not that in app- caves, but like you know, like an entrance of a cave where you still have a bit of light that you can film, and like or something. I thought that they were like on a set somewhere, on a location. Sorry, not set. Yeah, on location somewhere. Yeah, no, no, for studio. Finally, for the eighties, that lighting is is actually pretty good. And you've got Professor Kyle. She's the only one that's like survived from this team. So she's uh, and all that's going on. And it's yeah, it's a really good sort of self-contained first episode because then meanwhile we get the hints when the Doctor sees the dinosaur bones and they have that little chat under underground, which is nice. But then Adric is left on his own to talk to himself in the TARDIS. He's doing his maths, trying to work out to go back to space. Um, and then you've got those androids as well. So the other thing in this is the Cyberman turn up at the end of part one. Yeah, that was a surprise. The androids looked... Let's just talk about the androids. They reminded me of um, uh, Keys and Marinus. Oh, the Vord. Oh, right. Yeah, yes. Yeah, well, it's a black onesie, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but then you don't really know. There's no hint that it's the Cybermen at all. Did Absolutely Br- not. It's but great. Did Britbox have any picture of them or anything? Was there any hint at that? Did you I see know, anything? I don't know because it just plays through from the last one I've watched. I don't go to the whole list and go down. I just like, I finish on that episode and then it starts the next one. So normally, like now, it's already started. It goes, it went like within seconds straight into the next one and I just paused it. Ah, oh, that's a good way of doing it. Yeah, because I'm never so sure. I never, like, I'm just, I've, all I've got is like the, and then like, as I pause it and I'm like, I ain't going any further. So I never look at the descriptions or anything. The only thing I sometimes do check is that I'm on the right one. Like, so I'll, I'll either get the name of it and it was like part one or part. I'll just sometimes double check that. And then, yeah, part two carries on the underground stuff and they're protecting this hatch. Adric ends up wandering around and it's a bomb. So we've got this sort of bomb situation. It does keep the interest up. It does. It keeps the tension going right, right through. I mean, bear I in mind, they're in like, for a story across two locations, like main locations, because we start on Earth. Then we're on a spaceship and we're in like all that. Like location wise, it's got, it looks good. And, and it, for only four parts, this would normally be a six parter. It would normally be like two on Earth. Then we move on to episode three, sometimes even three, but three and four. And then we, the last two would be a conclusion y sort of thing. Mm, yeah, it does pack quite a lot in, but, it, and it keeps the side because then, the Cybermen are away for most of it, just in their little... Well, they end up... We find it's out not until the end of two? Well, they don't three? actually get out and start stomping around until, yeah, like three, trying, really. I think it's... I'm trying to think when I saw the Cybermen first. I think it was three. So the Cybermen say at the end... They, they're the big surprise at the end of part one. Were they? They're the cliffhanger. Gosh, I don't remember that being the cliffhanger. Because they, the androids are seeing through I their I remember vision. the androids fighting... Yeah, yeah, no, you're right. I just, I'd blank that out. I just remember the big fight scene at the end uh, because then episode two goes into the spaceship. Yeah, no, you're right. I, I just, I'd blanked it out. So the rest of part, so half of part two is underground with the bomb and the second bit of part two is on the spaceship. But the Cybermen are, are not, they don't get out of their little room for, for quite a while. Because they're in part two. Three? You know, yeah, because in part two, they're like, they're recognizing the Doctor. They watch back some clips. From, Which uh, is nice because actually when they first like saw them and, and it must have been then because I thought, gosh, when did we last see them? And then in episode two, they Detroit, you're right, it's all coming back now. What do you think of their new design? Because they do look cool, I think, this lot. They've changed quite a bit, haven't they? They have. They're a lot skinnier. Yeah. They have the weird see-through mouth. Yeah, you can actually see the human mouth this time. I don't like that. No, well, I think that's good because the idea is that they are supposed to be sort of augmented humans, aren't they? So not since we had... In my head, when I think of us, this is interesting. I think of like it's a brain in a box. So the face is like just like the head is just nothing. It's just holding like key components, whatever, like whatever that is. But then the body is somewhat human. And that's to me, that's the scary element is that... So it's like a Frankenstein, do you know what I mean? Where like a body exists, but the head is something robotic and completely. So seeing a mouth for me kind of removed a little bit of that. Like that one you've got there, 
Got a little model of an 80s one, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like, that is how I picture it. Well, yeah, that's what they are, yeah. No, 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 no. But, like, these ones had the see-through mouth. Yeah, but that I think that, well, I think I think they're supposed to. I oh. think. Oh no, that, is it the, that model is exactly like how I picture it. Completely metallic, completely. Um, well, yeah, yeah, yeah it is. It's, it's just the little mouth bit, and they've got. I mean, the, the actor's got a spray painted chin. Similar. Yeah, yeah, I noticed that. Yeah. <laughs> um, but no, I yeah, I think they look very eighties. They look very appropriate. They're a very cool version. My, I like the original ones, though the sort of sock ones, because you could see the real eyes through there. I think. And the mouth. So the sock ones are just terrifying. Yeah, I, well, yeah, they're scary. They're more effective. The last ones we had, because actually the last Live Man story we really didn't like was the fourth Doctor one in the caves. Yeah, yeah. Actually, caves again. Uh, that was really not good, was it? We no, really they were, but I don't know. I feel like there's some middle of like, I just don't want to see too human. I think it's the unhumanness that's scary to me more than like, recognizing their humanity because they have no humanity no supposedly i mean they are do get angry and stuff but i think we'll just ignore that yeah, <laughs> the yeah. Way that they talk but yeah we got the two cybermen watching doctor who so it's two watch who cyberman edition happens so yeah and then the whole bomb thing carries on adric uh, adric and the doctor work well together but again i thought that it was so again, I was really surprised at the end, but I think it set up really well. He gets, he says, "Explain it to me." And the doctor just spend time explaining stuff to him. And also, I thought the calculations bit at the end was like really well set up in terms of like we just seen him manage to work out his calculations to get home. So this felt like he's got that knowledge; he could do it. It felt like a really nice sort of throwback setup. Well, because they use his maths and everything quite a lot. I mean, he always has used his maths, I think. It's a shame Nyssa ends up in the TARDIS pretty much for the whole thing. Yeah. But also, I think it's because they're too similar. This is Adric's episode. This is his moment. And they can't have her out there doing the maths as well. And she's got the knowledge to, like, work with the ship. So it's either one or the other. And it has been like that, yeah. Yeah, so, um, yeah, after this sort of second episode, Nissa's back in the TARDIS and stays there for the whole time. <laughs> and then we... I, I'm sort of skipping through quite quickly. The bomb bit happens, great. Um, everybody gets on board the TARDIS again. Come on board the TARDIS troopers and <laughs> Professor Carl and everybody, and they're like... Which is, again, another way it cuts, because otherwise... When they first arrive, and it's like, oh, you're, you're the people, you're the prisoners and everything. We don't want them under arrest, all that kind of stuff. If you show them the TARDIS, we're all friends, we all get on, we're all on the same team. It yeah, just cuts yeah. to that, doesn't it? That they're all together, which is good. Because then we've got another lot of people now that are going to think they're prisoners and stowaways and all of that stuff. Which is our space team of... We've got... Is it Ringway, Berger and the Captain... Have you got them yet? No, Captain. Why not? They're out of camera range. Oh, I don't want to lose them. Sound the general alarm. Like, literally three people that are piloting this shit. I was going to say, like, I can't remember names. I remember their faces. The one with the moustache that was, like, holding Tegan's hand. Oh, that's Scott. He's the trooper guy, yeah. Yeah. So I'm talking about the spaceship people. I'm talking about the two ladies. Oh, all right. We're on the ship now. We're sorry. on the ship now, sorry. sorry. Yeah. The two ladies and the guy. What a bunch of <laughs> crew. What a random crew. That Paul, right, there's that one woman that's doing the sums with Adric later. She's the best. She's the best. And she also deserves a medal for having to put up with the shit for that long with those two, with that mother and son duo going on. Well, they're not mother and son, but they... Doesn't he call her mum or something? <laughs> no, mum, like, maybe. I don't know. He <laughs> something like, don't call me that, call me captain. Oh, okay. I don't. I, they're not my friend's son. I don't know where you got that from. <laughs> I, he, I thought he said. I thought he said. Oh, hello. I thought he said mother, and she said, "Don't call me that. Call me captain on the ship." And he's like, "Sorry, captain." What did he say? I don't know. He mumbled. I didn't have subtitles on. I know. I don't know, but I don't. He's, they're definitely not mother and son. They're definitely not mother and son. So, what do you think of the captain? The woman. Mm. She's very old school. 
is she like this is what fans always talk about is it's like sort of stunt casting for this woman who she's she's known as a bit of a comedy actress she's always on game shows and stuff at this time so it she's i don't think she knows what she's doing she's never certainly never done sci-fi or anything like this before so she's yeah, a that's quite obvious because she plays it so British and so like drama school, <laughs> but like not in like a. I can't explain like as if she's on stage. I can't explain it because I don't but, think any. Uh, but of I think she is old. She's old school sort of stage actress though. Anyway, isn't she? But do you, does it work or not? Is it a nice change? I mean, because we've had so many dickhead captains that will be shown. If it was a man being cast, you'd get the usual, and we'd go, oh, it's another dickhead captain. But at least I suppose it brings something different to it. I just I just kind of wonder what she brought in doing that. That's my question. Like, I think you could have had a different woman and they'd have brought something else to that. It kind of just felt like she was reading the lines. Well, she probably was. <laughs> she like there was no shade to that character at all. I think she got in, did the lies. I mean, you've seen some of that behind the scenes footage. I don't. She was very happy. But do, does it take you out of the drama of the situation? Does it make no, you take it less seriously? It, it just, no, but like there was no light and shade to that character. Really, it was literally just saying the lines and delivering them. And it's a shame because. Like you said, it's not often we get female captains. We've got a lot of men. We get a lot of men. But what if it was that other woman? What if it was the Berger one playing the captain in that way? Would that be? But I think. But I think actually, what she provided was light and shade. That's. I'm talking about like you can shout your lines, but you can't just be like one tone the whole time. Well, she's a bit of a moody. I think she's supposed to be a bit of a tone. Like a space like, bitch. No one's just one tone. <laughs> I suppose I'm trying to think of what the equivalent nowadays would be. I suppose it would be if you cast. Do you know what it would be, Mark? It's if you cast a reality star in something. I was going to say if you if you cast Chris Jenner as that. <laughs> it would be exactly a Kardashian that. as oh God, Chris Jenner would be so Chris good Jenner as the captain in that. Oh it gosh, would... That's like perfect casting. That's who it would be, wouldn't <laughs> it? It's exact equivalent. <laughs> It is. Because side, complete sidebar, but you know Kim Kardashian's in the next series of um, American Horror Story? Oh, no, I didn't know that. Oh, like wow. a big role. Like one of the leading roles. Well, she's she's a listed role in it, so it's not just like a little cameo. But it, I think this is what it would be. It, would be, it's, it is stunt casting, isn't it? But I, I don't know. I... I don't think it's terrible. I think it's entertaining. I think it livens it I up, think actually. They were like, let's get like some nice, cool name, like different name in. And it passed her agent's desk. And her agent was like, oh, you should do this. It's popular. And she was like, yeah, it's a job. And then turned up completely unaware of what was happening and what to expect. Mm, yeah. And has probably never watched a show in her life. No, I don't think Didn't so. Didn't think I'll research and watch one episode to get an idea of what it's about. But anyway, she's a, she plays, she's a captain. She just wants her cargo sorted. She wants to get a bonus. All of that. It's just so one-dimensional. I don't know. Yeah, it's a shame. Because I wouldn't say she was weak, but it was weak. It's hard for me to put my finger on it. But you're right, Chris Jenner. Yeah. Oh, my gosh, Chris you Jenner. nailed that, Mark. I'm really proud of that. Well done. <laughs> I'm proud of you there. I see the Time Lords have emotional feelings. People became engaged in our family and in our show. It's only a great weakness in one so powerful. The audience and the fans have watched us evolve and grow up. They restrict and curtail the intellect and logic of the mind. They've watched Kendall and Kylie, who were, you know, very young when we started filming. And, you know, getting puppies and, you know, all the different stages of life. They've seen people get married. They've seen divorce. They've seen, you know, sadness. And they've seen the happiest of happy times. These things are irrelevant. You know, when you don't know something about some, some a business, it's easy to criticize. Kill her. And then, well, in um, part three... There's a lot of wandering around this spaceship. It does get a little bit slow while the Cybermen are working out their plan. Uh, to be fair, it didn't feel it too much. I quite like the idea that there's these people on the ship that have attacked the Cybermen, 
but the people on the deck don't know about them. And there's like, not just, it's not like one person. It's like a team of them that are there and no one can account for them. And they're like, yeah, I quite like that. And then you've Tegan gets a bit bored in the TARDIS and wants to go out with the troopers. So yeah, she swaps clothes. swaps clothes because there's no other clothes in the TARDIS at all. Apparently. <laughs> Apparently not. So then Professor Kyle, I don't know where she got her green outfit from. She must have got wardrobe. that from the wardrobe. So she's chosen her, and then Tegan's out in a being a unless, trooper. Unless um the cargoy thing was loose over the top and she had that underneath. Oh, that's well. Depends how hot it was in those caves. I think she's naked underneath that outfit. No, <laughs> um, well, it's like a it's like a zip up thing, isn't that's it? No. That's what I mean. I'm wondering if it's like an overall like cover. You know, like that's a no. That's a too nice a top to have underneath your archaeological caving gear. Hey, like, but we're in century twenty six. Like, maybe it's it's nicer. Maybe. Um. Anyway, Tegan gets into the thing and off she goes. She shoots a Cyberman. A bit yeah. Later on. yeah, yeah. Notice that she has her heroic moment. That'll be for a nomination, I'm sure. And actually, Nissa ends up shooting one at the end, and then the Doctor shoots the Cyberman at the end. So they all have a, a gun moment, which we've said before, the Companions and the Doctor shouldn't really be doing that. No. But, I don't know, for some reason in that moment, it worked with Tegan and Nissa. I don't think the Doctor has the same qualms about hurting them, because... It's different to the Daleks that are an intelligent species and understand different variants, whereas the Cybermen don't. Oh no, I think the Cybermen are just as intelligent and I didn't well, yeah, yeah, but the Daleks seem to also like you can have comp like you can rationale with them in a way that you can't with the Cybermen because they're just very like It does feel very and we have no emotion. It feels very dangerous in all of this. Maybe that's what it is. Like, it's a situation where anybody could get shot at any moment. So they have to defend themselves. It does feel like higher stakes. There's a lot of surprising deaths in this. Oh, and like, well, the professor in the TARDIS. Yeah, that was that was a surprise. I mean, I put that's going to be a hero moment. I think she needs to Oscar for that or nominate it because she saved Nissa. What happened? So the Cybermen were coming in. So you got Cybermen coming in, and then one gets shot, and then the doors of the TARDIS shut while the other ones he's sort of half in with the gun. And he's about to shoot. I think he's about to shoot Nissa, and then she sort of goes up. And I thought she shot and then fell down, but it must have been that he shot. It looked like she shot. And I thought, like, did she hold it backwards? I don't understand. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. I think she just didn't press it in time. The Cyberman pressed it before she could, I think. And then, yeah, she got killed. So that, I mean, but she's a bit useless after episode one, really. She's only really there to get everybody. There's no, it's a bit of a shame, actually, because she was a nice character to begin with. And then there's so many people in this that she just doesn't get a chance to do anything else. And she didn't want to go out into the, with the troops. So, yeah, she's just there. I like Nissa and her have the most boring job. It's just them two just watching on the screen or just yeah, waiting. Yeah, that's Truth. That's the, that's the boring bit. And then, well, Ringway turns out to be the traitor, the son. Apparently, her son. <laughs> we need to go back and work out what she said, but it definitely wasn't. Yeah, what he said. <laughs> he didn't he call said her mother. She said, don't call me that. Gonna look, I'm going to look right now. I'm going to get Britbox up on my uh, phone. I keep. When do you say that now? It's you know when Chris Jenner's in that music video for Mother. Oh yeah. <laughs> we need that. We need. To... You are so obsessed with Chris Jenner. No, I'm just saying no. It's because who's it's your favourite then? If we had this chat, I think yeah, she's what definitely one of them. Yeah, um, she's a badass. Right, let me just. I just hang keep on. thinking I've, of I've her Beryl a... Reed in the Megan Trainers music video now. <laughs> I'm finding out because it's going to annoy me. It's a previous episode. What, back. are you looking at the subtitles? Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> I need to know, Mark. I want to know <laughs> what she's really saying. Or he. Well, while you're doing that, I will carry on talking. Yeah, yeah, fine. Um, I like the bit where they realise that actually all the cargo is the Cybermen on board. 
Yes, that was a good moment. But then who put that on the board in the first place? Because surely you check, you'd open up a crate and be like, well, just double check this is food or whatever. And oh, it's actually 15,000 Cybermen we've just accidentally put on board. It's part two, isn't it? Part two is where they arrive, yeah. Right, okay, hang on. We're just, I'm going in here, one sec. And in part three as well is where the idea that Adric's badge has gold on it. Mom. Sorry, Captain. Sorry, Captain. <laughs> so it is mom. It is mom. mom. <laughs> I thought you said, Welcome aboard, mom. <laughs> Welcome mom. aboard, mom. <laughs> well, now it's it's part of our. They are mother and son now. So there we are. So, yeah, we have the hint that Adric's badge is gold, which will become important later on. And then as we go in episode four. This is where the Cybermen properly attack. It's not the most dynamic battle because it's... It's not as dynamic as the Android one was. No, because they're moving up the stairs really slow. They shoot people and then they show their might by knocking over a few plastic boxes every time. And they're a bit wobbly even doing that sometimes. They are, yeah. They're not the most stable. So it's a bit disappointing. Um, I like how... The Doctor does that thing and gets the Cyberman half trapped through the door. That is yeah, a that cool, was cool thing. That's cool. And it is, it's building up, building up. And we basically the Earth is in danger, obviously, and it, there's going to be a bomb and they're going to crash the freighter into the Earth, basically, is what they want to do. And Well, let's just, I mean, battle, battle, battle. And then we have those last sort of 10 minutes or so where the Doctor and Tegan are taken back to the TARDIS by the Cyber Leader and Adric stays behind. And he's trying to do these logic things. And he, so are you thinking, right, he's going to do it. It's going to be one of these last minute save the day Yeah, things. absolutely. I genuinely thought it was going to be a last minute thing. Even when he ran out, you know, when they all pulled him back and he ran out, even up until that point, I was like, oh, I think he's, he's got it. I thought it was going to be a last minute thing. So which point did you think, okay, this, there's something about the that. When he says it, when he's, when he's there and he goes, well, I'm not coming back or whatever. Oh, I'll never know whatever he says. I can't remember. Um, I like how he's working it out and the actor, he's really stretched really far away from the keyboard because he knows there's about to be an explosion when the Cyberman <laughs> shoots the thing. He knows and he's waiting for it. And then, well, the Doctor kills a Cyber Leader with the badge, the gold badge. And then we it ties into the dinosaur thing, which is clever. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of good times with this. Like, story-wise, it was good. But we never see... So the other guys, they just all go off in the escape capsule. We never see them again. They're off. They just re- they just suddenly go. And it's a really sombre... And there's no music at the end. And, okay, what do you, is that a bit too dramatic with the no, silence? Like, I think... Like, genuinely, I was expecting it to be the last one. Until that moment, like, maybe just like a second before, and then he says that line, and you're like, he ain't getting out of this. And actually, I think... It would have been weird if it had just bled. Like, I think it just adds to, like, the... This is, like... It's not like next week they'll figure it out and he's back there. It it, it makes it final. It's really effective. We didn't have that for Katarina, though, did we? Well, no, Mark, because I don't even know if I think she's a companion. <laughs> Who had the worst death, Katarina or Adric? Oh, Adric. <laughs> uh, oh, hang on, worse in what sense? Well, you see, Katarina, she died because she pushed the button. Adric died because he didn't push the button. So there's parallels there. Parallels. I think Katarina's is more dramatic in terms of like like the actual death itself when she's like out in space. But I think Adric's is more meaningful. I We've like- known him for a while. He's been in how long? Like, well, two, two seasons. Two seasons. A year. Yeah. He's been doing like because he came part way through last season, and he's left part way through this season. I don't know where we are in the season yet, so I never know. Like it's yeah, it's quite impactful. And I like how his badge actually becomes because he's worn that badge since the very beginning. He's always yeah, had yeah. that badge, so I like how it becomes part of the plot. Yeah, and question: Does did he did he want to go? I don't think so. Right. But they realised that three was too many. Let's hear from Matthew Waterhouse, Adric himself, as he writes in his book, (laughs) Blue Box Boy. Right, I'm going to read you a little bit now. 
The other big secret was that Adric was to die heroically attempting to save Earth. The first time a companion with any public profile was to be killed. Yeah. Yeah. A couple of girls had died in the interminable Dalek story, The Dalek Master Plan, which ran for 12 episodes and was the longest Doctor Who serial to date. These women came on board the TARDIS in an early episode and died in a later episode of the same story, so they were not ongoing cast members. Oh, well, there we go. Matthew Waterhouse knows. I stated it. <laughs> oh, later, Matthew worked with one of them, Adrian Hill, when they were both hired to read at a poetry event in the Natural History Museum in Kensington. They intoned poems together among dinosaur bones. Adrienne was interested to hear that Matthew had been in Doctor Who. I hold the record, she said, as the shortest-running Doctor Who girl. But she added in a whisper, they tracked me down. It's all very odd, isn't it? You mean the fans? A Scottish man called Gordon found me. Oh, Gordon, yes, he's a nice man, actually. Anyway, I'll, cut, I'll carry on a bit more. So he's worked with Katerina. That's nice. They read poetry yeah, yeah. together. Anyway, here we go. <laughs> um, long before rehearsal started for Earthshock, long before the scripts landed on his mat even, Matthew knew about Adric's death. This was because, for some ex- inexplicable reason, Peter Davison had been walking around with an advanced copy, which Matthew happened to flick through while it was at Peter's elbow in the canteen. Probably he looked visibly upset when he saw the last page. He was, but not for the straightforward reason uh, others assumed. Of course, romantic as Matthew was, he liked the idea of his character snogging another character and moving to another planet. Uh, I'll just paraphrase a bit here. And yet he knew that the death of an ongoing character was a brilliant, unique way to go. He should, knowing the programme as he did, have been thrilled In some sense, he actually was, but there was such a thing as reality. His own brother had ended his own life a couple of years earlier, and Matthew felt he would in some way be reenacting something that had already happened. Any actor will tell you that they drew on their own experiences for the people they play, and here he was, he felt, being asked to touch on something very dark in a programme, which was essentially light and throw away. No one on Doctor Who knew about this. He had never brought it up, and even if they had, it would not and should not have made a difference. But the fact was that, as far as Matthew was concerned, the character of Adric was touching on something very dark. Darker, in fact, than the sensational, manipulative moment itself. Talk about taking it all too seriously, Janet had once said to him. The trouble is, you're always trying to find things in these scripts that aren't there. But Janet did not have a clue what it was he'd found. And in the end, she was wrong. It was there. So, you know, that's quite a moment isn't it um and uh there's a bit he says about the captain beryl reed all right go on um beryl reed was known mainly as a comedian from the radio uh though known to matthew only as one of those celebrities who seemed to make a full-time occupation of appearing on game shows on the strength of which they invited to open supermarkets and fates for which they perhaps charge hefty fees beryl cropped up most weeks on blankety blank matthew was warned to watch out for her she'll eat you alive said James Warwick. He's the one that, he's the moustache guy. Beryl was completing another job and did not come onto Earthshock until rehearsals were well underway. When she arrived, she did have the forbidding manner of a furious granny, but in fact she took to Matthew and flattered him and patted him on the head a lot. She might have felt a certain bond with him because Grimwade, who's the director, was giving him a hard time and with his usual incompetence, giving her a hard time too. She told Matthew that after one rehearsal, Peter took her aside and said with his uh, bitten consonants, Beryl, you are not up to standard. This seriously upset her. She had been an actor for 40 years and had won awards and acclaim. It was unclear to her how this criticism was meant to help. If you wanted her to get better, this was the least effective way of achieving it. Um, And then it just goes on, yeah, he talked to her. and um, Yeah, anyway, so... I don't think he wanted to go, but you said before, I think they knew there was too many companions. Yeah. Um, but no, Matthew, actually, Matthew always, he's a really, like, he was a fan before. He really knows his stuff. I don't think he had the best time on the show, just with Tom Baker and all of that. And then with this lot, it's funny because a lot of people say this as well. They on There's the DVD commentaries and it's those, it's the, the regulars on there. 
uh, and they do the Blu-ray. Is it in who? Who's like Doctor Teague and Nissa Adric? They all right. do the commentaries together, and they do the sort of behind the sofa things on the Blu-rays where they all watch it together and stuff. And the dynamic sort of goes back to how it was. They all sort of treat him and sort of take the piss out of him a little bit. It's always like they sort of gang up on him a little bit, especially Teague and Janet Fielding. She's the loudest one, and they always. I mean, it's so funny. He's he. Matthew Waters, he always tries to... He probably says the most interesting things, but they're always quite sort of loud. I mean, Nissa not so much, but maybe the Doctor and Tegan are quite... They're quite yeah, like, they're gangy up. But they've got big personalities. So he's always sort of on the side or, you know, trying to get a point across. And I think the dynamic comes back whenever they get together as well. It's sort of... I think that's how it was at the time. Um, but no, he's a nice guy, and I have met him once before, so he's... Uh, <laughs> oh, that's definitely him. Yeah. Oh my gosh. It's like just a whitehead version of Adric. <laughs> yes. So, yeah, he is really nice. Um, and yeah, I feel he... like Adric was such an unusual character in a way. We've not had, like, we've had a lot of young girls. We've not had a young lad, really. Can you think of any of them? Not in that way, because, like, Jamie and Ben and Stephen. They were older, and they had, like, experience. So that in itself was a new thing. And I think it's a shame. I, yeah, I think it's a shame, really, that Nissa was there. I I mm. I like Nissa a lot. That's not a diss. That's more, she was another young character that had all the knowledge and science and stuff like Adric did. They were too similar. If you're going to have that, like, it's nice for the girls to have something in common, you know? Like, as in, like, they don't have anything in common, but they're both females, and so that brings to the male's doctor. I don't know. I think there'll have been a thing, and the thought, well, Tegan's great, because Tegan's, like, the she doesn't know anything, and she's a big personality, and, like, she like, all that's great. And I reckon it'll have been between those two. Yeah, I think it was at the time, yeah. Um, I mean, his acting hasn't always been amazing. Sometimes it's been a bit awkward, but he's. it depends as well what he's given. Well, of course it does. And, like, it's a shame because early on with Other Doctor, he was given quite a few different things. It's since this dynamic that he's just become the whiny boy. Yeah. I know, yeah. I I think, yeah. With it, when it was just the fourth Doctor and Adric, like Keeper of Trark, and when it was just them two, or if it had just been them two, I think that would have worked really well. And then you had the kids that Adric and Nissa being the kids, sort of the Doctor and Tegan being the adults. Um, something had to go, but I think killing him off was a good thing. Oh, for it, sure. It makes him a memorable character. It cements his part in the history as being one of the first <laughs> companions yeah, to die. <laughs> Maybe he wasn't happy with it at the time, but I think he looks back on it and he's like, actually, that was a good thing to do. And uh, obviously you would have had loads of little kids at the time who would have loved Adric and been a fan of Adric. So that was yeah, exactly. a really big and like, thing. Yeah, I, I was going to ask, what was the reception at the time to that? Do we know? I think loads of kids were upset, yeah, and wrote in. That's also lovely. Yeah, I suppose. Like from an acting point, and like from a character point of view. What do you think to their reactions when he died right at the end? I thought they were good. I, like I said, I thought the whole end was really, I think like, again, this is the first time that the Doctor's lost someone that, he's, that he knows, a companion that he's close to. You can't deny that he's not close. He's living on his bloody TARDIS for that long. He's brought him from another space. How do you think they're going to react now? Because when I don't know, because like we've had this continuity thing. So like I don't know whether they will go back. I I think it'll be taught like mentioned, or I, I can't work out whether they'll start it as in like it's like a few days later, or whether it'll be from that moment or what. I don't know. What's the next one called? Oh well the next one is called Time Flight. Oh, that gives nothing away. I don't think they're back on Earth. No, yeah, it's definitely the most memorable thing of this season, for sure. Yeah, for sure. For I'm, sure. Glad, I'm glad you weren't spoiled by it. Though I was going to say, there is um, oh, there is a an audio story which they have Adric, like something where in some alternative timeline he was saved, 
And okay. It's the, fifth, it's the Doctor in Nyssa land, and he's played by uh, the guy, the guy that played Manuel in Faulty Towers. Oh, right, okay. As an old man. So it's Adric as an old man. And this was before Matthew Waterhouse came back and did audios. And he's like king of this insect people, and he wants to capture Nyssa, and he's been in love with Nyssa and tries to like want to marry her and stuff. And it's just like creepy old man Adric, and it's really weird. But he's like an alternative, it, an yeah, alternative Adric. Yeah, that was a bit of a weird thing that they did in the audios, but um, that's not official, so it's fine. <laughs> but no, he's uh, yeah, and our. Just thinking about Katerina as well. I count Katerina still. Because I suppose the thing is with Katerina, that was in the middle of the story. So they didn't have no, any time. They didn't have any time to stop. They were like on that spaceship, weren't they, with the Daleks after them and stuff. So this is this is where they're not in the middle of anything. They have got time now in between stories or however Mark, it's going to carry on. I'm not going to argue with you about something from like 10 seasons ago. All right, okay. <laughs> We've had this debate. You can have Katarina. <laughs> we just haven't talked about her for a not. while. We've not, and I like to keep it that way when it comes to Katarina. <laughs> okay, okay, well. It's a very intense, Fine. random companion. Okay. <laughs> okay, then. Well, yeah, it's, um, I did say it was four episodes next time. Anyway, no, you didn't. didn't no. Okay, okay, cool. It's Fine. four. So there we go. Hopefully, let us know, people, what you think of Adric's death nice um yeah and were you surprised when you found out because i think i knew when i watched this on video that i'd read it somewhere i think it wasn't like a shock to me when i first watched it yeah well, I must it was have, a complete like, shock to me complete yeah, shock i must have read it in a magazine or something to the you... point i actually rewound it and watched it again oh wow there that's like, that shows how good it's good and i was like what and then i went back and like to be like I'm not like <laughs> misinterpreting this. Yes, he's definitely dying. He's definitely gone. Yeah. yeah. And well, the dinosaurs live. So there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Either Adric or dinosaurs. That's the choice. I think, that was the choice. Had. Yeah. Okay. Um, well, we will see you next time for to see what happens in time flight. The impact of Adric. Uh, and uh, in the meantime you can follow us on twitter and instagram at to watch who see you next week oh bye we're gonna get into this uh, escape capsule thing now (laughs) we haven't done any of the algorithm things then no oh no we didn't have to well we've run out of time we've run out of time there's one more i can't do the maths today it's just not happening Bye. Bye. Oh, darling, I'm fed up. I've been sitting here since half past ten past ten. I got here, and I've rehearsed one line. It's, like, it's not right movies, but they pay for your time. Oh, it does get me nervous. I'm tired up, fed up now. And it's very badly organised. I'm practicing here.